Hello, everybody. Good whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason McCloy, and once again, this is the Real McCloy Podcast. Today, I have my good friend with me, Kevin Scholes. Kevin, say hi to the people one time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy to be here. Hey, hey, hey. If you, if you can hear us right now, you'll probably be able to tell that we're so mellow right now. That's because we're doing this live from our hotel room in our beds. Because we had a heck of a walk. We only accept good vibes in this environment, and boy howdy, does it feel good. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, for those of you that don't know, we were on a trip to Nashville for Kevin's spring break. And, yeah, we've been just exploring the city. We've been mostly hitting up all the good places to eat. Ooh, yeah. Haven't we? Where the Grub definitely defines your location, for sure. We've hit up some good spots. Uh, a few minutes ago, we actually just came back from uh, uh, Kid Rock has got a steakhouse in downtown. Uh, very long name. Don't <laughs> want to bother trying to put it all together right now. But uh, great food, awesome entertainment. You know, if you ever have a place place in the U.S. you need to visit, this would be one of them for sure. Uh, we hit up this uh, nice place last night called Pins. Uh, it's kind of an arcade, bowling alley, bar, lounge area. Super fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of go for watching the game, grabbing a couple drinks. And then uh, the other night, I want to say it was called, what was it, ML Rose? ML Rose, yes. Yeah. Yep. Had some good wings there. Met up with a couple of uh, Jace's good crew. Yes, one of them's actually a celebrity, the celeb talk guy. Kind of a low-key celebrity, but go follow him on Instagram. Uh, it's my buddy Max Feta and his cousin Sammy and our other friend Teddy. We're all friends here, so shout out to them. Great group of guys. Yeah, known them my whole life, basically, feels like. Yeah, no, spending these last few days uh, here in Nashville, it's been a good time. Nice, uh, nice place to get some inspiration. Definitely a good music town, for sure. Of course, of course. Oh yeah, we also um, we also went to Del Frisco's the very first night that we got here, didn't oh, we? Oh yeah, we need we need to get a, we need to find a good place to eat, and boy howdy, that was some good food. Oh Holy yes, indeed. Cow. Talk to the people. What you what you have? Oh, I had so I had this really good like roasted chicken dish, right? Served with some good mashed potatoes, some carrots, right? And it was like kind of spread with this like spinach aioli or whatever. It was so good. <laughs> Really nice, cooked real well. Oh, man, that's like the good mood comfort food. Wasn't a super, you know, it's not supposed to be super fancy place. Nice home style, home style feel to it. But, yeah, no, it was awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. I had that good, uh, that good burger with no cheese with a lettuce bun. Added extra to the price for bacon, you know, just an extra $3. But, you know, what's up? What's up? And uh, some good veggies, and I got a side of a salad. So that was delish. Man, oh man. So a meat, a meat-filled salad with another side of salad is basically Absolutely. what you had. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how you do it, my man. Listen, Del Frisco's 100 out of 10 would recommend. Absolutely. Oh my God. Same with the other places we went to. Like, geez. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, oh man, oh man. So... Yes, as you probably know as well, we are also in a group called Baseline, with three S's. Baseline. Baseline. There we go. You could probably guess why we're called that. (laughs) So sing soprano. That's why. 
Huh? We wanted to be the opposite of what we were thinking about. So we wanted to be Sopranos at heart, but we couldn't try it. So we decided the opposite. <laughs> we're just this ironically. <laughs> yep. That is true. That is true. Our voices were just, um, we were just born with naturally deep voices. So, I mean, we all met in the same acapella group, um, in the same section, the bass section. So yeah, you hear us hitting those Avi Kaplan notes, you know, Tim Faust, Jeff Castellucci, you know what's up. You know oh, what's yeah. up. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, actually, when the group started out, we had a uh, third member with us. Actually, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that because uh, it kind of it kind of does have a backstory. So one day in college, in my apartment bedroom, uh, my fourth year to be exact, just set the scene. Jamestown apartment, YY49. What's up, baby? Um, yeah, so I am right about to head to a gig to sing at a uh, vow renewal for a family in Bay City. That was the same day that Khalid's album Free Spirit dropped. Now listen to that album all the way through, and I'm like, yeah, I want to give it a go at writing music again. I want to try this out, because I hadn't written music um, around that time. It, it, it had been a full year since I had written any of my originals, so... Then one night, I was uh, hanging with our pal Russell Shelberg, shout out to him, and uh, we wrote a song together, and I was like, hey, you want to help me produce my album? He was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then uh, I was like, all right, well, I kind of want to have um, two producers now to kind of keep it diverse. So I didn't even ask Kevin. I just kind of threw him in the mix, like, against his will, basically, but he seems to be doing fine with it. Well, I told you how the, uh, I told you how I got on, or, like, how I found out, right? <laughs> so, tell them, basically, tell them. so I was, I, I want to say I was on my way to a fish and chips rehearsal or something like that, and I was, you know, looking through the socials and everything, and I want to say it was Instagram, I want to say it was on your Instagram story, I found, like, your kind of, like, rough draft set list for how you wanted to put this album together. Yeah. And then I saw my name on there and I'm like, huh? What the <laughs> heck's going on? So I, I, I don't know if I like hit you up over text or if I just asked you at rehearsal or something like that. I'm like, yeah, there's something you're not telling me. You talked to me at rehearsal. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, you know, I was a hundred percent on board, uh, totally like new environment for me. <laughs> um, so kind of just like a, kind of a small bit about myself. I'm not a vocalist, like the esteemed host that you're listening to along with me. Oh, but um, I primarily did percussion, and I joined Fish and Chips, as Jay said earlier, as a bass as well as a beatboxer. That was uh, my original intention, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I was, you know, this was kind of something brand new for me. I had never done any, like you know, production or writing music before, but I had such a strong passion for it and kind of really knew what I was listening for. So I kind of, you know, I asked him to sample some stuff for me and, you know, kind of put in my two cents, if you will, and gave some direction. And then, you know, year and a half, two years later, here we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it was going to be, um, it was initially going to be a solo project for me, um, throwing a lot of the credit to Russ and Kevin for the backing tracks, the production, because I was initially going to focus on writing because I had already, my primary focus was producing, but I also want to be a writer and I wanted to focus more on that avenue and just let other musicians take care of the rest. So then we, there was one day, I think it was uh, during exam week uh, that year, we all got into a practice room together. 
Uh, we all we all laid down a few of the tracks on the album actually, and got some good photos out of the deal. Shout out to Jordan Lagesty for the photos. Our guy, our guy. What up, my brother? What a bro. What a bro. And then, yeah, it didn't hit me until over, uh, what was it, two summers ago. Um, I was hanging out with Claire in Chicago when we were both out there at the time. Claire Detloff uh, on the last podcast. Shout out to her again. And she was asking if this was going to be a solo project with their names on it or if it was going to be a group. And had she not asked that question, I wouldn't have thought that hard about it. And so I was like, you know what? Let's make this a group. I want to be with my brothers for a while, you know? I was I was in the mindset of kind of just like, I'm just happy to be here. This is experience for me. This is another challenge that I was super excited about and everything. So, but yeah, That's right. I, guess yeah. I, got, I guess I got Claire to thank for that. Thank you so much, Claire, for kind of giving, giving, the, giving our leading man some inspiration. Of course, of course. What a gem. And yeah, um, the reason I wanted you to be a part of it too is because you had talked about wanting to get more experience in uh, producing and engineering and such, right? Oh, absolutely. So like at this point now, uh, I'm at a funny spot in my life right now where I'm thinking about trying to, you know, I've explored both avenues because I, you know, I'm currently uh, getting a degree working to be a teacher. Uh, I love teaching kids, you know, passing, passing the beauty that is music on to the next generation. That's always you know, a huge passion of mine. Uh, you know, I really enjoy working uh, with students, kind of exploring their minds and opening them up to the wonderful world of music. And uh, But I've also gone down this route working on this project that I really do enjoy the production side of things, really like kind of taking into perspective all these songs that you guys listen to, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, whatever platform you guys use, kind of starting there at your ground zero. You know, where all of your hit songs start, you know, being there and kind of being a, a going along that journey, going through that whole process and just kind of, you know, that that's the experience. And that was what makes the music so much more exciting is being able to be a part of that story, knowing exactly what's going on from start to finish and then kind of, you know, reaping the fruits at the conclusion kind of getting all that reward <laughs> afterward. That was really what kind of st- uh, steered me in this direction. Yeah, and I'm thankful that you were steered into that direction and a part of my project because I've been working on projects uh, by myself for most of the time, most of my life. So, And you and Russ have added a lot of um, great additions to what I'm trying to produce. Oh, so. well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate Always appreciated. that. Yeah. So since this project, so first of all, I'll just say, we apologize deeply for the delay. We have been teasing this album for a while. Oh, yeah. The initial plan was had COVID not happened. The initial plan was to kick Russ and Kevin's butts and actually set up meeting times over. It was specifically over dead days to just complete the whole thing and to drop this album on our graduation period, May 2020. Uh, that was back when it was going to oh no that was when we were a group that was when we yeah, were a group yeah we were okay. already a group at this point so basically what this album started out as is basically a story of my life up until graduation and over time as i started to work more closely with kevin and russ it started to feel like that parts of their story was being incorporated into this music as well so 
That's why I'm always calling it our album. Kevin's like, no, it's your album. And I'm like, no, well, no, 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 no. Well, I'll, I'll just explain kind of my side of that. So when I initially had joined, you know, I was kind of, whether it was, you know, back at the time when we was just like, you know, uh, like heavy, heavily featured partners versus being a group, it was, you know, Jace would always present the lyrics to me and, you know, as we recorded different tracks and kind of went through some of these things, you know, uh, we wanted to make the sounds that you were hearing in our on the music really kind of highlight his lyrics because at the end of the day, you know, th- think of this as like a novel. We're telling a story and it is your story. So we're, we want to be able to kind of give the mindset for listeners to kind of really not only hear your words but also kind of have a chance to connect with some of the feelings you have, uh, which kind of also connects to our our shout out to our secret fourth or third member in this case, uh, our base. So there will be a profile coming up. I'm sure whether it's already up now by the time you're hearing this or in the near future, um, the base actually incorporates a very large part, uh, in this album. Uh, cause when I had first talked to Jace about this, it was a matter of, you know, like if there's a song that he doesn't have a feature with, let's say it, the bass kind of, it was always kind of a running joke. We, you know, he's got the low voice. <laughs> I always kind of gave him like, you know, always oh, he's, he's hitting stuff in the basement. I'm like, well, maybe that's how the voice in your head should sound. So the bass in a sense actually is kind of like him talking to himself in a way, every single track that you guys, almost every track that you guys hear, um, the bass sticks out as a presence and it's almost like, you know, think about the interaction between like, uh, Dory and Marlon from finding Nemo, (laughs) like Dory thinking Marlon is like her conscience or something. Uh, it's a similar version of that where it's like the musical version of talking to yourself almost. That's at least how, you know, how that kind of thought, you know, put itself together and making this sort of a, a concept album in a sense, you know, telling the story, you know, allowing the the instruments, the different sounds that you're hearing, you know, formulate and kind of manifest the emotions that Jace had gone through at the time, you know, and it's throughout the spectrum, happiness, sadness, anger, you know, anything that he may have feeling, we want the music to reflect that. And that's why the album is called Development because it's just a it's it, to sum it up it's an album about um, growing, accepting, and overcoming. So basically, just taking everything that I or we have learned in our time at CMU and just talking about how we grew from it, what we learned from it, just different different uh, different aspects, uh, mostly romantic, <laughs> um, some more uh, real life as like your just approaching adulthood because you're graduating college, you're going to be in the real world. Yeah. And, uh, so we hope to actually get this album out for you guys sometime in the summer. Yeah, I'd say so. That, that would probably be it. It was originally going to be last summer had we had an actual school year and you were about to graduate too last year, weren't you, Kevin? Well, I was originally planning on graduating, um, this past December and then, Uh, uh, you know, 
We had uh, we had some COVID complications, but uh, this coming May is supposed to be my graduation. Hey, so, congratulations! Hit, hitting that good old milestone—that's what we like to see. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, we hope to get this um, album out for you guys in the summer, since this will be his graduation year too. Want to have both members out of there so we can tell our stories. And if you have checked out our Instagram page before, you will notice Russell Shelberg on there on a couple of photos with us. Unfortunately, he was not able to be a part of the group anymore. He wanted to focus on graduating himself and just focus on his degree, which is uh, broadcasting, radio broadcasting, podcasting, all this cool stuff, media even, photos, videos. He is just really good behind the scenes. He's really great at what uh, he does in his own craft and also great at what he does with our craft as well because he's contributed a heck of an amount to our music and he is on all except maybe a few of the tracks on the album. Absolutely. If you guys ever, you know, have a chance, you know, follow follow him on his socials. He does some awesome, awesome work. He really does. It's great. You know, I'm we're incredibly proud of all the work that he's done and everything. So please please go and support him in any way you can, for a- sure. Absolutely, yes. Thank you again, Russ. Shout out to you. We love you forever. Uh, still an honorary member no matter what because you helped bring this group together. You da homie. You da homie. Yeah. So yeah, so we talked about school a lot. So we went to Central Michigan University. So um, I didn't get into my major so much um, on the last podcast, but Kevin, I want to start with you. So what was your... What's your degree? And tell the people what your degree is. And so my right my primary field of study is I am a, a music education major with a focus in an instrumental discipline. So, uh, with for those who are not familiar with a music uh, a music degree, um, most if not all universities have it's an audition based program. So all of us have to you know, audition on some form, whether it's a vocal or a primary instrument to uh, enter into a studio. So for myself, as I kind of, I may have mentioned earlier, that is percussion. So I auditioned and joined the percussion studio with a handful of other people. Um, shout out to the Perk Studio, Central Michigan Perk Studio. You guys are the best, all great work. Any, any shows or any performances of theirs, please go and check out. Fantastic group of musicians. Uh, Absolutely. But... You know, going through, you know, throughout my years, uh, you know, learning all the music theory, all the ways to kind of uh, hone my skills as a professional musician in a sense, you know, whatever discipline that may be. Uh, but I always had a great passion for teaching kids. Um, I've had, I had pri- a couple private students myself, you know, going into college and everything. And, um, you know, go- and through my college experience, I've been able to get a lot more practice and hone my craft. Um, and I've, you know, currently uh, at this, at the time of this recording, I'm still student teaching and I'm having a blast. You know, I love working with my students, all of the great stuff that we're able to do. Um, even in, uh, you know, a hybrid based environment, we're still able to, you know, find our ways to kind of make music together and not let, you know, some of the difficulties that we're, you know, going through right now kind of be a huge hindrance for us. So all of that is really, you know, that's what kind of, you know, it's it's a great motivator for me. It keeps me going for sure. Um, and you know, so throughout my years, I've been able to kind of get better, um, kind of practice my own skills. Played with numerous numerous people in a variety of settings. You know, whether it be perk ensemble, whether it be uh, Central Michigan's concert bands, um, fish and chips. Of course, can't give them enough credit. 
Um, Absolutely. The good old Chippewa marching band, Fire Up Chips. <laughs> yeah. always got to shout out the marching band for sure. Yeah. Uh, six man band, those who hype us up at all our basketball games. Uh, you know, all, all these groups, much, much love. Uh, allowed me to gain a lot of experience. Um, plus the many opportunities of groups that I'm able to join. Uh, so like the music fraternities, the IMFs, uh, shout out to Delta Omicron, uh, for kind of shaping me into the music professional that I am today, (laughs) you know, helping me out, really get my, my, uh, my professional skills in order. You guys are the best. Um, but yeah, sort of going through that music education. It's a lot of work, a lot of practice, a lot of hours. Um, but in the end, definitely worth it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's doing like doing what you love doesn't feel like work at all, as they say. So it's, it's a, it's a great blessing to be able to have worked with the people that I have in the program that I did. So it's a great feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. No better feeling, seriously. And yeah, your primary is uh, percussion, but you also wear many hats in terms of teaching instruments because you also teach uh, guitar. Yep. Correct. And I yeah I teach go through all uh, your instruments. Yeah, so I teach I teach a number of instruments. Um, uh, funny enough, percussion is not my first instrument, even though it ended up being my major of study. So music has been in my life since I was about maybe six years old, let's say. And uh, I started uh, taking piano lessons when I was very very young. Um, I ended up taking I wanted to take it a step further and took guitar lessons when I was like about eleven or twelve. Um, taught myself bass at about 14 and then I got to high school and none of the instruments I played were applicable to a band setting. So I'm like, all right, well, (laughs) let's take our pick. And it was kind of like, you know, pick of the hat and drums ended up being it. So I, you know, fell in love with the instrument, worked really hard to try and, you know, catch up with my peers. And, um, and now I'm at a point where I'm working at a private lesson studio. I have a handful of students of my own teaching piano and guitar um, you know, just being able to kind of get that practice, having, having a multi-instrumental background definitely helps as far as perspective and sound, you know, understanding a lot of different dynamics and what you're looking for. Um, so having, having a little more diverse set definitely comes in handy, especially when kind of coming up with tracks for sure. So of course, that's awesome. Yeah, because not only is he the bass player for us, he is also the guitar player for us. So much credit, much love. Also the drums, contributing the drums. Um, yeah, just wears many hats, wears many hats. An all-around talented individual he is. Tough to balance all of the hats, but, you know, they're up there somewhere. Well, he even contributes vocals. I, I, I hear him being all Jacob Collier-ish, just adding all kinds of harmonies. Well, yeah, I do. I do like uh, that's definitely you know one of the artists I do like listening to. Kind of ha- having having a good vocal layered harmony just brings so much depth and warmth to a track. I just it's it's always a great feeling, especially like you know you listen to all these other acapella groups. You know, regardless of build, whether it's you know mainstream like Pentatonix or if you go uh, kind of taking a couple steps back and you do like. Uh, I don't know, like voice play or home free, some of these kind of next tier, uh, you know, acapella groups. And you, you go through and you start hearing all of these and how they bring their flavor to, you know, making music with just their voices. You know, it's a, it's a great feeling and it's, it's awesome. And you can just sit there in awe thinking, wow, these guys or these girls sound so much like 
a full band, and yet this is just a vocal group. This is they're only using one medium, one instrument, and that's their sound. That's their vocal cords. That's their own great and awesome singing voices, putting all that together to make these beautiful, luscious harmonies um, that can do wonders for any any piece of music. Agreed, agreed. And that was actually part of my upbringing was, okay, so in high school, this is where it kind of starts for me. So in high school, I ended up uh, doing percussion a lot in uh, all the various bands, marching band, jazz band, concert band. And you know, around that time period, I was still into like harmonies. I was recording my own remixes and such. I was adding my own vocal layers to different tracks. And then around my senior year of high school, I believe it was my mom that showed me this guy. She showed me a guy named uh, Peter Hollins. It was either my mom or a former classmate, John Diebold. Shout out to him. Hope you're doing well, man. And, um, yeah, that's how I first started getting into acapella music. I heard him do, uh, home by what's his name the artist I'm oh, gonna make Philip Phillips I think Philip Phillips yep home by Philip Phillips and then I heard him do I see fire by Ed Sheeran and I was like holy cow what is this <laughs> and that around like halfway through that year was when I decided I wanted to do I, I wanted to be a vocalist in college instead of percussionist which was uh, very much to my mother's surprise because she had seen how deep I had gotten into percussion and I also had recognized that as well but I also enjoyed singing I took lessons in high school I was a part of a group called the MSU Young Men's Chorus in 8th grade until sophomore year then I did honors choir at Lansing Catholic High School my senior year so then I get to college and I knew I loved acapella music I love listening to it never in my life would I have thought I would have been able to actually make that music until Asha Davis told me about Fish and Chips and how I should audition for them. And we are like, oh, they're an acapella group? And so I auditioned for them. I got in, and uh, I've been with them ever since, and I feel like I learned a lot from being a part of them. And it was also interesting because I had first entered the group as a baritone, which if you can hear my speaking voice, not so much anymore. Still still find that very hard to believe. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the other thing is uh, people that hear me sing sometimes confuse me for a tenor. I guess I don't know why. I just have a quality of, like, getting light on high notes. It's been a habit I've had since high school. But, no, I'm not a tenor. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I was sometimes, but I'm not. Um, which is also weird because a group of us basses, I'm, I'm the one that always tries to sing high. <laughs> that's funny I feel like I have a tendency to try and go in the opposite direction and especially like because that's I don't know I we we both have learned so much from this group and I, I love and this my story joining I love telling the story so um Jace and I really became super close on a study abroad trip that we took overseas to Italy uh we had gone with a, a bunch of other music majors it was uh it was a faculty-led music program study abroad, first one that they had done uh, to this location. It was a really great time. Um, we were, I want to say we were waiting for a bus or a boat to take, go home from one of our excursions, and we were sitting around waiting for our ride, and uh, Jace, myself, and our mutual friend uh, Trevor, shout out to Trevor. Um, Trevor Headley. 
Yeah, we were just sitting around kind of making beats. I was laying down a, a, a beatbox line. Jace would put down the bass, and Trevor would kind of put a little melody on top, and it was like a like a three-part combo. And then, uh, at least for to at least my surprise, no idea this was going to happen, both Trevor and Jace asked me to be in the group as their beatboxer. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess up until that point, they were kind of just trading it around, which... You know, that's that's a route people can take. Um, but they had never had somebody who was super consistent. Uh, and up to this point, the only beatboxing experience I had was either in my room by myself or in the shower. <laughs> so, you know, to the, imagining kind of my surprise a little bit being offered to audition for this group. And I'm like, all right, this another resume builder, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, I went to the audition, you know, definitely nervous about the singing part for sure. Um, you know, they tested me out, kind of went through the motions and, uh, they, you know, the singing part of it actually didn't take very long. They kind of went through that and then everybody's like, all right, so we heard you can beatbox. So show us what you can do. (laughs) And, you know, I went up and I did, uh, I mean, I didn't know how they usually kind of went through and did these things. So I did a handful of styles. I did, you know, uh, you know, a classic rock style. So Uh, I did some sort of like, uh, like some, uh, you know, arm, like some rap or trap beat stuff. And then, you know, I, I'm sure I probably did a couple others, but we had, you know, trying to bring some different sounds, some, you know, new perspectives to kind of give some a little extra flavor and, they fell in love with it, I guess. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. I've been able to work with these guys ever since. It's, uh, it's been a blessing throughout the whole way, made some awesome music together, you know, really opened up a lot of avenues for the types of songs we'd be able to do as a group. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been an amazing experience overall. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And, you know, when we first met and we first tossed up this idea, Immediately when we asked you if you'd be interested, and I, I feel like you said yes. You, you would be interested. I was. Right? On, I mean, I'm always down for a new experience. I was definitely on board for something like that. But it was still. It, I mean, I kind of said yes without kind of maybe fully processing really what you were <laughs> asking me first. You know, because I mean, you know, friendly people. I was just trying to you know make some new friends while I was over there. Some new experiences is kind of what you do when you go on a travel. Uh, you know, a new trip to a new place, you know, different people, but absolutely. I, I guess the reality of it didn't really sink in until a little bit later, but I was a hundred percent down to try it out anyway, you know, just to see what would happen. Yeah. Cause when he gave us the green light, uh, we immediately hit up Alex Wahlberg and we were like, we got him. We found a beatboxer for us, like a designated, <laughs> <laughs> But also at the time, we really didn't know how much you had to offer vocally and we didn't know how much you had to offer beatboxing wise until you spent a lot of time in the group. You really showed that you did your homework and you like really studied all of these songs that we were doing like to a T almost like you were throwing out percussion sounds. We didn't know any beatboxer could make. Well, yeah, that's just kind of like, you know, it's it's kind of seeking out some of that inspiration, getting some of those ideas to you know, kind of bring some of this. Cause I feel like if you do it, taking that extra time, you'd be surprised kind of adding, uh, adding that slightly more authentic sound to what you can do. I mean, and it, and it look, it, it can look ridiculous on stage. The one thing, the one that I will always go back to, 
Um, I want to say one year we did uh, uh, our own arrangement of Bills, Bills, Bills. Uh, good old, uh, I want to say it was, it's Destiny's Child, right? Yeah, Destiny's yeah. Child. Yeah, we did Bills, Bills, Bills. The very beginning, it's very kind of like, you know, very staggered, very kind of, you know, not a whole lot of, a uh, whole lot of business going on, but there's like little sounds that happen in between like the little beginning vocal lines and stuff like that. So I'm thinking, all right, let's see kind of what, what kind of limits we can test this to. So come the live performance, or actually I remember the first rehearsal we did this. I legit showed up and we had to stop our first run because everybody saw me hit the side of my face and make this weird cowbell-like <laughs> sound. No, nobody knew it was coming. Uh, it, and I mean, like, you know, that's what rehearsal's meant for. You know, try out some things, see how it works. So, you know, everybody just watches me hit the side of my face and everybody just kind of stops and they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I think there might be something here. Just go with me on this. And, you know, we kept doing it and more and more and more. And, you know, the guys were sold on it. So I'm like, all right, let's give this a try. And then come the live performance. I'm never going to forget that reaction where... Like I, and I can, I, wa- I actually watched the recording. I want to say it was a few days before I came to get you. I was going back through some old, some old videos of us and I watched that video and I'm in the, I'm in this one corner by myself and I see myself hit the side of my face. Everybody's like dead still at this point. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I did this whole spit where I hit the side of my face. It's supposed to sound like this. I don't know how well it'll pick it up, but. You know, it's supposed to like this cowbell type sound almost, whatever it's supposed to be. And a lot of people are just like, ooh, <laughs> oh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, bringing that like, oh, I didn't know he had that in his toolbox. This is a different thing to show all together. So it was it was cool. They, they definitely I thank them so much many times over for letting me have a lot of the creative freedoms that I was able to have. And really try to test my limits and kind of build myself as a beatboxer in that realm that I didn't have a lot of experience with, but, you know, kind of listening to a lot of others that have come before me and that are active nowadays, uh, kind of listening to the sounds that they made and really kind of showcasing those different sounds that you can make as a beatboxer. But when you practice it by yourself, it's kind of like a lot of people raising eyebrows, (laughs) like, what kind of sounds are coming out of that other room? And you're just hearing all these really strange things. But um, yeah. uh, I, like I said, I can't thank Fish and Chips enough for letting me have the creative freedom that I had. And I, I, we, you know, it ultimately showed uh, an amazing product, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely agreed. Because, you know, it's not really thought of that much, but beatboxing truly is an art form. Like that, like that, does, take, that does take some skill. Oh yeah, it's it's all about and a lot of the things that I found when I first started taking on the challenge was you know a lot of the placement of those sounds you know because you talk about like in vocalists know all all well about you know you know the placement of your whether it's a syllable or a sound or a type of timbre you're going for placement is so key. The beatboxing is really not all that different. It's a matter of shape, a matter of placement. You know what kind of sound you want. Um, whether it's supposed to be brighter, darker, you know, all of all of these different little pieces, while, you know, kind of it seems like the, it's the musician's busy work, but it, you know, it ultimately brings itself together into a stronger product. That's kind of what separates, 
you know, those who are kind of just going through, you know, I guess going through the motions and then those who are kind of taking that extra step and being like, oh, maybe I can genuinely sound like this drum or this computerized sound or this instrument. So it's a great, it's actually a very fun process to try all this stuff out because there's definitely, you know, there's, you know, there's swings and misses for sure. Believe me, there's a decent amount of sounds that I did not bring to rehearsal because they did not work. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's that trial and error that you're able to bring because then you ultimately are able to build that up into your sound. And that's kind of what it, that's what the ultimate goal ends up being. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about um, comparing beatboxers placement to singers placement is actually kind of a good segue because at the time before I started college, I didn't really know much about singing. I had just kind of been doing my thing and my voice teachers in high school haven't told me it was unhealthy. So that's a good sign, I suppose. Um, But yeah, just going into college, actually, I was studying to be vocalist because I wanted to do more pop-based, R&B, jazz, hip-hop kind of thing. At that time, I still wanted to be a rapper, Um, crazy enough. I did mention that the last podcast, yes, I did want to be a hip-hop artist, Um, which, you know, you can can see Kevin laughing, and I know that's not what he's laughing at, but, you know, it's, it's easy to laugh at, but... I'll have to drop some old raps because not to toot my own horn, but I was pretty good. <laughs> I could, I still see you doing that. I see a lot of that, like in the tracks that we're laying out even now. I can definitely see a lot of that. the 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 lyrical flow and some of that articulation, while you're singing it instead of rapping it, there's still signs of that in there. But no, mm. I could definitely see you doing it. <laughs> but it's 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 almost like um like the like the deep the deep quiet voice NPR meets rap almost like it's it would be something like that so like you're serenading over the over the speakers or over the music and everything while also laying down some like some bars or something like that that's that's kind of how I see it for sure for sure but yeah over time um there was a period where life hit me hard kind of halfway through college and at that point was um the original plan has started to crumble, but it was also good because a new plan was just being assembled. Shout out to God for always working that way in people's lives, working that way in my life. And um, I know that was a corny thing to say, but it's true. It really is true. And so this all happened. I took the um, my junior year of college to figure all that out. I had rejoined Fish and Chips halfway through that year because I had taken a semester off. And then over that summer was the Italy trip, and I had been cast in a Sweeney Todd at Central Michigan University. So that actually um, was the beginning of my path to pop and musical theater. And it wasn't until I auditioned for Shrek at Central Michigan University, you all have heard a lot about that, uh, that I actually realized that musical theater is an avenue I did want to pursue, along with uh, the songwriting that I was already doing. So that's when things started to get more serious for me vocally. I learned about uh, different placements and such, uh, what works for lower voice types, what works best for higher voice types, at least in males. Uh, Yes, all voice types, male and female, but mostly male. And around that time, I'd been giving a lot of voice lessons to members of the acapella group, uh, Fish and Chips. And that's also what kind of got me on the teaching route. Almost, um, because right now I'm actually part-time teaching at School of Rock in Park Ridge, and I, teaching is definitely something I want to do. I love uh, technique, I love singing, 
And if I can just help somebody else in life get better at their craft, then yeah, I'm all for it. And I, I believe definitely down the road, once this performing thing is done, I could definitely go back and get a teaching degree. Absolutely. You you definitely should. I definitely see you as a good teacher. I mean, I was definitely one of those people that took Jace up on that offer for some, for some voice lessons. I had no singing experience prior to Fish and Chips. I wasn't in a choir. I didn't really do any vocal group of any kind uh, before I showed up. And even leading into while I was in college, even leading into Fish and Chips, the only thing I had was my my sight singing courses uh, <laughs> with my other fellow music majors. The, uh, everybody, all those people definitely know what I'm talking about. But my psych singing classes and uh, singing with the marching band as part of one of our awesome traditions of singing our our uh, our university's alma mater definitely uh, you know definitely brings a lot of spirit there. But uh, aside from that, I didn't really have any experience going in. Maybe my shower, if that counts. But <laughs> you'd be surprised. Oh, all the greatest thoughts. I'm a firm believer of this. Any f- awesome thought happens while you're taking a shower. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It so works. true. I, it's, I, I still say it's true to this day. I, I'm going st- to stand by that statement. All great thoughts happen in the shower. You'd be surprised. They do. And I wish there was a way that you could write them down while you're in the shower. Because for me... When I have like some kind of profound thought in the shower, the minute I exit the shower, it's gone. Well, isn't that what Alexa's supposed to be for? What we should start doing is we should just start keeping like a Google Home or an Alexa, just keep it in our bathroom, like just like on the like on the bathroom counter or something. You're like, yeah. hey, Alexa, could you write this down for me real quickly? <laughs> like, Alexa, put insert profound thought here on the shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's just, it's, but yeah, having, you know, having Jace as a teacher definitely helped kind of, you know, solidify some of the techniques that I was bringing in. Cause of course I'm not beatboxing a hundred percent of the time. So, you know, I needed to make sure I was pulling my weight as it were. So, you know, kind of making sure I had healthy placement, um, you know, proper articulation and all those sorts of things. Definitely, you know, bringing that, you know, you know, bringing my additional sound, that blend into the group definitely, you know, makes a world of difference for sure. Of course. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a matter of learning how to do it correctly. Keeping it, keeping the practicing up and yeah, you're, you're going to be golden. You've definitely improved a lot vocally in your time in the group. I will, I will, I will concede to that. I do, admit, <laughs> I do admit that. I don't usually give myself a lot of credit, but I think my singing chops have come a, l- a little bit, a little bit, I'd say. And you know, um, speaking of which, I kind of, I, I don't want to sound like I'm taking all the credit for helping these singers sing um, in a more correct manner. So I want to shout out also Trevor Headley, who was music director for Fish and Chips for a year, and Andrew Warner, who has been music director for Fish and Chips for what two years now? Yeah, I think so. Andrew, yeah, Andrew, you're the man. You you know how to you work through a group. You know how to handle problems, and he's going to be a teacher as well. I, um, at least at the time of this, he's still going to be doing stuff for his teaching degree. He's going to do a great job. All right, real proud of your bud. Love you so much, man. You've done wonders for our group. Love you too, Andrew. Love he you. is also he is also a percussionist, and he has a recital coming up uh, April 11th, right? I believe so. Yeah, so. he actually had to do the recording of that uh, recently. So definitely go give that a listen. Percussion is always a very fascinating thing to watch. Yes. So I'm sure he's got some good stuff cooked up. I'm just as excited. So I am too, yes. Absolutely. Tune in if you can. 
But um, yeah, so to bring it home, my major, I didn't really list my major. I was a Bachelor of Science in Music area in voice. And I was also a business minor because I feel as though down the road I would like to start some kind of a music business uh, because I find myself composing and arranging uh, sheet music a lot these days. I was actually uh, I was actually uh, one of the arrangers for a while for Fish and Chips Acapella. So a lot of times you'll hear things or you will have seen in the program that it was arranged by me. And yeah, I just, I mean, I, I just... I love that experience. I love writing as much as I love performing. So it's, you know, if, if I can do that for a living as well, I mean, I, I just would love nothing more. It's just a passion of mine, I'd say. Yeah, it, sound, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, you arranged my senior song and it sounded amazing. You know, <laughs> like I, all the stuff that he puts together, there's that extra layer. Like he really tests the limits of like the, the color and the timbre of harmony that you get, that you can put into an arrangement and, Oh, it was always chills. It was always good stuff <laughs> every single time. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. And I, I'd say a big part of that is, was uh, Trevor, because the first time I had arranged something, I arranged an acapella cover of If You Want Love by NF, and I sent the draft of the first verse in the chorus to him, and he messaged me back. He was like, all right, so uh, what can you do going forward to like make it sound less like the actual song and like put a little bit of you into it? So that's what I try to do now. So ever since he said that, that's what I try to do, and just just to make it different from the actual songs. Um, so like that extra harmony that you might have not heard in the original recording, that's in the arrangement, uh, stuff like that. Different uh, vocal parts with the uh, different voice parts are echoing back with the soloist is saying, stuff like that. Um, arranging is also definitely an art. I would definitely say. takes a lot of practice. I I, I definitely at some point down the line, I I felt like I probably wanted to try that a little bit. Just because, you know, I've been writing tracks for Bassline for a couple years now, adding some of my own, uh, whether it's, you know, the bass line, no pun intended, <laughs> um, or some of my own. Uh, as of recent, I've been more open to adding some of my own vocals, need to come out of my own shell a little bit. So you'll hear some of my singing as well, but uh, primarily the esteemed host is going to be singing his story for sure <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of fitting all of this in from like a, a skeleton or a stock set of sounds, whether it's a piano track that's sent to me or a melody line that's sung, uh, you know, starting that building process, putting those bricks together, making it into this lovely place that we can, you know, call a music home, if you will. Of course, of course. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this album. I'm just getting so excited thinking about it. God, it's like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> I'm telling you. We've, we've been teasing this for too long, and you guys know it too. We know it, and it, it'll get to you guys soon. We have two new singles dropping some point within these next two months. Um, we have our, our song that we've been teasing for a while, Mutual Love is what it's called. Wrote that with Russell Shelberg, and that's, that's definitely going to be coming soon. We're going to finish it while we're here in Nashville still before we go out to celebrate. And since we have enough songs on the full project... We are dropping another one. It's called Right or Wrong, parentheses, doesn't matter, close parentheses. So it's going to be... The parentheses are key. The punctuation is essential for what we're about to... I don't know. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a tagline. It's like a tagline in a movie or something like that. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, we hope we. I mean, we hope that you'll feel the good vibes that we're feeling. Uh, if you still haven't checked out uh, "Comeback" or "Release" on uh, Apple Music or Spotify, go check those out too. We appreciate the love. Uh, a friend of mine, Michaela Merritt, says she shows "Release" every time she's around a bunch of friends. She bumps that every day. God bless her. Hey. So uh, shout out to Caitlin Allen too. She's a big fan as well. Shout out to all our fans, really. Shout love out the to, love. Yeah, love the love. Shout out to all the people who show support. It's great. We love you. Ooh, yeah. So, I guess I guess I want to ask, so what would you say, just to get into some abstract thoughts for oh, a little boy. bit? Oh, boy. Oh, man. We're really hitting the deep stuff. All right. Yeah. Lay it on me. What would you say this album means to you? As an individual, or do you think as a reflection of us as a group? As an individual, because I think we talked enough about how it reflects both of us as a group. That's a good question. Well, because for me, this, I feel like this is an outlet for me to be able to kind of, I think of this almost as a test. You know, it's a matter for me to kind of display and show all of the knowledge and wisdom that I've been given over these past five years in college, especially, and really kind of putting all of my music knowledge together into one place and being able to kind of at least at the very least demonstrate what I've learned. Um, And and it's, it's even in the little things, you know, you know, whether it's a, it's a stock draft of a, of a baseline or one piece of a harmony, like it's, it's these little things that, you know, like I go through all of the details in every track we've written, you know, even when we went through and put our final touches on Come Back or the do-it-yourself bass drop that we put in release. <laughs> uh, stuff like that, it just really, um, it really tests kind of what I know and, you know, looks at uh, the kind of the trial and error process that is music and really allows me to you know, like I said, demonstrate my knowledge and, you know, it base, it's more kind of proving to myself, really allowing me to see firsthand, like what I know, like I can sit there with all of the tracks in front of me, uh, whether I've recorded it, you've recorded it, one of our many amazing collaborators, whether they've recorded it and go through and see, all right, now how can I put this together? How does this sound blend with this other one? And you know, what can be brought out more versus something else that can be more in the background. And, um, I can actively see and process my own knowledge at work. And I think that is what really kind of what makes this story great for me. I feel like I'm like, and I actually, I had a, I, and you had responded to this too, kind of the, the, the thoughts that I had of like, you know, I had never wanted to be like, uh, a famous individual. I always wanted to be one of those those pieces. Think of like your favorite solo artist, Khalid, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, whoever you think of, and be like be like one of their musicians or somebody in like slightly in the background that makes the solo artist performance better. Being a very important piece of that, uh, you know, bringing that sort of joy, just feeling good not kind of taking the spotlight away from the person in front, but still at least kind of knowing for myself that I was able to put some of me in this performance and, you know, make it as great of a a show as it can be. And I think that's what this album really does for me is, 
show that I'm putting a piece of myself into this project. Uh, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not totally my own story, I still feel like, you know, I, I feel like I was there. Like I was, you know, present for the story that's being told. And that's well, you were there. Well, yeah, for a lot, of, for a lot of it, I was probably physically present. But like, that's that's even if I wasn't, I feel like you know, ha, if, even if I wasn't there for the story that Jace tells, it's I still can feel like I was there through the music that we write together, through the lyrics that are being told, um, you know, stuff stuff like that. It really like I, it all comes back to this ex, this experience, being there and feeling like our listeners could be right there with us on the journey, on the story that we, that takes place over a number of years. And I think, you know, that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest takeaway for me, at least from, from this project for sure. Yeah, that's great. And I'd say that's what makes it our story because you are inserting, um, a lot of yourself into this project. Um, you know, whether it be behind the scenes, whether you do have a spotlight somewhere, I mean, it's, it is our story. I mean, that's that's how I do feel about it. For me, I'd say th- this this project is this album is very different from a lot of the music I used to make. Um, corny singer songwriter statement. It's it's uh, therapeutic. It, it is very it's not corny. It's cliche. But I mean, it, it is true. It is therapeutic for me because the songs that I used to write back then, they were more generic like kind of just the subject matter wasn't anything specific and I did that in a time where I wasn't too confident in myself and what I was doing and just worried about getting in trouble offending somebody Um, in this album you're not going to hear any kind of generic story being told like these are these are real things that happened uh, real experiences I faced and um, it's it's different because uh, oftentimes there are people involved and um, you know the key in songwriting about that is to not make it uh, obvious which is also something I really had to learn about along the way but st- get, stepping out of my comfort zone and writing about specific things I credit that actually to my friend Austin Belanger Eot uh, sorry if I mispronounce your full name but I'm just going to call you Aust the Bear because that's your that's your artist name. Go check him out too, by the way. He's on Spotify and Apple Music. It's all one word: A U S T H E B E A R. He is one heck of a musician, a talented and wonderful friend that I have the pleasure of knowing. He has his he has his album out, Sunflower, dropping an EP soon. Go check those out. But yes, a lot of my songwriting these days, I credit to him. A lot of the uh, different barriers that I feel that I'm breaking in terms of musicality are all because of him and also because of Claire. But a lot a lot of the time it was us being my mentor. So shout out to him. Um, yeah. And I'm just I'm opening up about I want to call it I want to call it it's it's the chapters of my life that range from the beginning of high school to the end of college for me. So you're going to hear a lot of, uh, things that I went through. Um, a lot of things that Kevin relates to, cause he also went through and how it shaped us both. And it's just, it's, it's, it really is a growing story. And, um, I feel as though I'm taking a leap by putting this out there for you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. 
it's um, it's pretty different. It's uh, I would say it's very experimental almost in a way, experimental pop. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we definitely draw from some great influences. Um, I mean, one one of our one of our uh, one of the artists that both of us had really grown like a a mutual appreciation for is Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. Oh yeah, good old Charlie. He. He is uh, like for me. He's the musician's pop artist. I like. I love all of the work that he does. He has this a lot of similar philosophies of you know what he writes about is his truth. It's what he's gone through, whether he has or has not had the feeling. It's still his kind of perspective, his point of view, and I feel like that's kind of what we're trying to do with this album as well. Is not just the you know, not just like the ways that we mix our sounds or what, you know, types of timbre or instruments that we use, but also the perspective of, you know, how how are we articulating the words that we're singing about? I think that's what really kind of also makes us drawn him as such a huge, huge inspiration for the both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. You might even hear some of his influence in the stuff that we make. You, you might hear some Khalid as well. He's another artist that we have a deep appreciation for. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, if you hear, if you hear, um, if you heard our song release, you probably might gather that it sounds a little Imagine Dragons-esque. Yeah, I I'd feel say like. so. Yeah. There's some stuff of that in there. Definitely, at least with the sounds that we use, I would definitely make that comparison. I would agree. Yeah. So it's not... It's not an abstract, because I get this question, like, uh, sonically, who do we sound like? It's just not really an abstract sound that we can place. We're just kind of creating. I mean, and I feel like that's how it should be a lot of times. I mean, every every musician is inspired from someone. Every Everybody is going to draw their sound and, you know, because every artist can have their own sound. But, you know, there there's always pieces that build that sound. And a lot of times it comes from various places. And we kind of just talked about ours you know it's it's the pieces that build our puzzle and it's not us trying to shape our puzzle to somebody else's exactly exactly yeah and i will say a definitive answer content wise subject matter wise you'll definitely hear some sprinklings of khalid type storytelling you'll hear charlie puth ed sheeran julia michaels um all different kinds of avenues and inspirations there so that is the one thing that we can objectively say um yeah just you're just gonna have to hear the rest of it for yourself once the whole thing drops absolutely i'm excited for them to hear this i think they're gonna get a real kick out of it for sure i hope so i hope so and once it drops if you guys have any like questions or comments about that you can shoot them our way at any time. We'd be happy to get back on the podcast to talk about that. Oh, I'm sure we will. Because sure we'll be able to talk about this again. Yeah, because there, you know, there's always the pre-release podcast, and then there's the post-release kind of interview type. Oh thing. yeah, so. and we'll be answering a lot of your guys' questions. I'm sure about that. You know, now that you'll actually have a full taste of kind of our our creative minds, kind of put to the public, kind of you know. What, what was our inspiration behind very specific things, uh, why certain sounds were used and stuff like that. So, you know, feel free. We'll be, we'll be active on our socials, so make sure to be following us at Baseline for any of our social media, whether it's Instagram or the like. Um, yes, yeah, sir. we'd be happy to answer your questions for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what else? I thought I had something else to say, 
but it left my thought. Oh, I love how devils. Uh, slippery little devils. Every uh, time. I hate that feeling so much. I know. It's the worst. I hate that. It's the worst. Um, nope. Can't think of it. Ah, well, I think that's... This. Yeah, it's okay. I think that's all we have to cover anyways. So, uh, oh, yep. I remember it now. And, you know, once uh, COVID restrictions are lifted a lot more and performance venues are officially open again, you may be seeing us in a city near you. That Maybe. would be that's that's the dream. We would love to share what we have just in person. That'd be an awesome experience being able to interact with you guys like in a real, I guess more or less one-on-one setting. But, <laughs> you know, being able to kind of, you know, not just hear it through a recording but see it in person. I feel like that adds a whole new element, a whole new kind of energy uh to what we do. Cuz you know, musicians, you know, they seek to entertain. We love what we do, and we want to share that passion we have with everyone that we know. Absolutely, absolutely. And a little thing that I've learned for any um, other aspiring artists that may be listening, um, one thing I've learned is that it's one thing to keep posting music online, but, um, you know, to keep the buzz up, to keep the energy going, the, the presence alive, it also comes with performing as much as you can as well. A lot of the times, at least that's how it's been in my experience. I don't know. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's kind of you know, and I've I've taken many avenues to perform. I've played various instruments just to be able to have the chance to play in front of people. It's never the, and I always have that anxiety, and it's always on me. But like I always love to. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, even having that level of anxiety, there's still so much reward that you can get from that experience because you know. You you're putting you're making yourself vulnerable on that stage or whatever setting you're putting yourself in, and you know and this this was always one of the I, and I this is a missed opportunity for me but <laughs> Central Michigan recently put together a class that they teach on performance anxiety, which is a very real thing, but I feel that's another aspect of uh, like you know musicians put so much pressure on themselves in their performance to make sure that we're able to put together, you know, a good show for those who came to see us. You know, they, you know, people come from various places to, you know, share your love of music with you. So they take the time to sit down and listen to you. And there's all this anxiety around the performer to, you know, in a sense, get their money's worth. Whether it actually, whether there actually is money involved or not is, you know, of course. a case by case scenario. But you know, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves as musicians to want to deliver a great performance. And, you know, there's, there's ways for us to make that a little bit easier on ourselves. But the, I mean, even as, as bad as my performance anxiety has been, and believe me, it's happened numerous times. (laughs) I've had some pretty tense moments as a performer, but I've never had a situation where I've had that feeling, even if it's not a great feeling and not saying it wasn't worth it. I always felt that going through that mentality was worth it because, you know, even if it's praise from one person, I, I feel it's worth it because I, I entertained somebody. I was able to put on a show that somebody enjoyed and, you know, had, had a good time being at. And I think that's like the, that's the next level of energy you can get from a live performance. So I, and I still hunt for that feeling every single day being able to try and find a chance to play uh, at a live venue or something, even if it's something as simple as like the karaoke 
nights at some of the bars at Mount Pleasant, those were always a great time, you know, whether it's uh, the bird or hunters or the cabin um, and going with all of our friends and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. putting on those shows, you know, it always felt like it was just like a party and everything. And that's like even something as simple as that still brings that good feeling, that good reward that I think every musician tries to seek on some level. Of course. That's how I've always kind of looked at it, too, over the years, um, especially like, you know, being a part of different ensembles like uh, the Chamber Singers, Concert Choir, uh, Fish and Chips even, but also audition, well, even in shows, too, but also audition opportunities for uh, cabaret-style events where there are different singers individually showcased, whether it be one or two songs still. I mean, that is definitely something I've gotten better at over the years, I'd say, is managing that performance anxiety but it also gives you like a rush because like you know you're about to do it and you're doing something you love to do and it really is it really is a great thing um i was like i was the kind of i had the kind of nerves that made me shake <laughs> like when i started in college because i remember used to when i st- i remember when i used to start playing piano in front of people like a lot of the songs that i played or the pieces i played i i had sustain pedal involved and i remember my foot that controlled that pedal was always shaking every single time and I could never make it stop. Oh my goodness. It's always a rush. Gotta love the shakes. Gotta love the shakes. But yeah, another thing is um, uh, a man that I worked with at Dune Summer Theater, great guy, his name is Jim. He mentioned in a Facebook comment to somebody else's post about um, nerves in terms of auditioning that uh, you should think of it more as, you should think of it less as an audition and whether or not they're going to like you and more of you're giving this tiny performance to these people. It's like you're performing for them, which is definitely something I've, uh, which is definitely something I followed in all my auditions. And it really makes a world of difference in how you think and how you feel while you're auditioning. It's just, it really is. It really is a cool thing. Just art is so cool. Music is so fascinating thing. There's so many, it's, it's expressed in so many ways and it's just amazing. Absolutely. Well, that's that. That's that. Kev, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about this with me. Absolutely. Thank great. you so much for having me. I really I really enjoyed this little show that we've put together. <laughs> and, you know, I can't wait for you guys to hear the, the project uh, development that we'll be releasing, hopefully in the s- somewhat near future. You guys, I think, are going to get a real kick out of it, a real uh, fun time listening to what we have to offer. Of course, of course. Our most recent studio session from Nashville is on our YouTube page. Go check it out if you're curious to see how the process works. Um, other than that, we hope to have given you that kind of chill talking vibe, that NPR kind of vibe that we had, you know, at a hotel in Nashville, third floor, we in our beds. I'm chilling in my underwear. I was Kev's say, got athletic shorts. I got to say, I, I managed to make it through this entire podcast without bursting out into laughter because you're sitting on the edge of your bed with the pants around your ankles. You didn't even fully <laughs> yeah. take them off, and I think that's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. You you are more than welcome to burst into laughter anytime. Laughter oh. is contagious. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> God. All right. Well... Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Real McCloy. It's been real. We'll see you next time. Kev, I'm sure we'll have you back on for any of our music or Marvel discussions in the future. Oh, yeah. That's going to be exciting stuff. I can't wait. Oh, yes, yes. Cannot wait to recap. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time. See you around, everybody. Peace.